Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. People are who are going to bring you all your deals, they're going to run your projects, and they're the ones who are going to bring you the money. They're the investors. And if you get really good at choosing the right people, then you're going to become really, really successful. So if you get that right, then property investing is very, very easy. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today, Daniel Wood. How you doing, Daniel? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and you're welcome. Looking forward to diving in and a little bit about Daniel. He's a full-time property investor. He's got 10 years of experience doing that. He has a portfolio that consists of residential properties, syndications, commercial properties, and a golf resort. He is based in Sweden, but invests in the UK. So with that being said, Daniel, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. So thank you everyone for listening. And we've been doing this, and I say we, because me and my wife, Gisela, run all our businesses together. We started out almost a decade ago, was after reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I'm sure a lot of people started the same way as us. But we started by looking at our home market in Sweden, where we live, born and raised here. But Sweden's a very tough market to invest in. It's very heavily regulated. It's not very easy to get financing. You can't use all the fun, creative strategies that you can use in a lot of other markets. So we started looking around in Europe to see where did we think was a good market to invest in. And we chose the UK because it is in many ways, very similar to the US. You can use a lot of the same strategies. It's very creative, but it's also a very stable economy. So that really attracted us. Mm -hmm. So we started out, we kind of went by the book. We got ourselves a mentor. We got ourselves educated. How'd you find your mentor? It was actually by coincidence. It was a seminar that they held in Stockholm. And it just came up as a LinkedIn ad. Just as we were starting to look at finding someone, it was like, hey, look, property investing. So I actually booked a romantic day for me and my wife. I didn't tell her anything about it. We started out with brunch at a nice restaurant. We took a nice walk through the archipelago. And then as we're standing she there, she's looking, about to be set up. Yeah, and no, she had no idea. She thought I was just the best husband ever. And as we're standing there looking out over the ocean, I say, honey, I got a surprise for you. Uh. 
we're going to a seminar on property <laughs> investing. And then I was really quick. I'm like, but I booked a really nice dinner afterwards, just in case. But she was psyched. She was psyched. So we went and like I said, we did everything by the book. We got ourselves the mentor. We started out and then we promptly got ripped off for about 400,000 pounds. That's a lot. Yeah. For American <laughs> listeners, that's about half a million dollars of money. I can tell you, we did not have, we'd raised it all from investors, put together groups and got ripped off by bad partners, bad builders, kind of everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And I got this call from my accountant who said, Daniel, it's time to bankrupt your company. And in Europe, bankruptcy is a big deal. All right. (laughs) It's not like in the US where it's kind of an expected part of your journey to success especially here in Sweden, once you go bankrupt, it's game over. That means you failed as an entrepreneur and go do something else. (laughs) So when my accountant said that, it just took me by surprise. I mean, I knew the crushing debt. I was stressed out of my mind. He says, time to bankrupt the company. And I'm like, wow, okay. So what does this mean? What happens now? And he said, well, basically we'll write off all your debt and then we'll start a new company and you can start over. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What do you mean start over? He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll just start over, start a new company, you start on a clean slate. And obviously that sounded amazing, right? Crushing Mm -hmm. debt and then just waves a wand and it goes away. But I asked this faithful question. I asked, well, if I don't pay the debt, who does? And he said, well, I guess your investors aren't going to see much of their money back. So I was like, all right, I get it. So you're not actually saying that I should start over, you're actually asking me to just throw everyone else under the bus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I guess that's another way of looking at it. I said, yeah, we're not doing that. I have no idea how we're going to turn this business around, but we're not bankrupting the company. So we went out, we started thinking, how do we do this? And that's when we got really, really lucky. We were actually running events at the time in Sweden, in Stockholm. We were bringing in speakers from all over the world. And we had this opportunity to bring Kim Kiyosaki, one of the authors of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And the best thing about hosting an event is you get to hang out with the speakers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we took her out to dinner. We showed her around Stockholm. And we told her about what we were going through and the journey we'd been on. And she gave us some amazing advice. She advised us on how to restructure some of our deals, restructure some of our debt, And really just gave us the confidence to go back out and raise more financing, go out and do it again. And it took a long time. We did well over 100 property deals, but finally we turned the business around and got to a point where we had a portfolio that was generating a positive income. So it's been a tough journey, but we kind of got out the other side finally. (laughs) Wow. Well, what a story and a story that we will learn more about right now, because I'd love to ask some specific questions about different aspects that you mentioned. So first question is 400 pounds, which you said is equivalent to about half a million dollars. What happened exactly? So as you know, property is a slow game. So it took a while for us to realize that we'd lost this money. (laughs) So what happened was we went into multiple deals. We threw ourselves both feet first into the deep end. You, your wife, and how many investors? Well, it was different. We brought in investors into our company on just angel loans. We brought in joint venture partners. So I think in total, it was probably 15, 20 investors. Okay. But it was also over a period of time. So like I said, 
we didn't really realize how much we'd lost until a couple years later. So we had investors that had come in that we paid back. And what happened, just to kind of give you a brief, was it was multiple partnerships. So one that really stands out because everything really went wrong in that project was this company that they sold themselves as really experienced. Our Mm -hmm. mentor had referred them and they brought us this deal that was three terraced houses that we're going to turn into blocks of flats. So we're going to turn it into 11 flats in total. And for them, they said, this is piecemeal. This is what they do every week. Mm -hmm. And we trusted them and we did not do our proper due diligence. We did not look up their local reputation. We did not go into references. We thought our mentor had referred them, so we'll just go with it. Yep. And later, it turns out this was the biggest deal they had done to date Mm. and by a factor of 10, right? So the first thing that happened was one in the team who was the architect, well, the problem was he'd never drawn anything like this before. So the first mistake he made was that the hallway that has to go up to the second and the third floor went right through bottom floor flat. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so, so you yeah, kind of so, hang, hang out with your neighbors as you're going up and down <laughs> the hallway? Exactly. So slight problem there. And <laughs> what happened was they didn't tell us that they'd made this mistake. That wasn't in their DNA. So what they actually did was they called me up and they said, Daniel, amazing news. Colin was able to redo the drawing. So we got another flat in there. And basically what they said was they split the bottom floor flat into two, but that meant one of the flats was about 25 square feet. (laughs) Oh. Basically a cupboard. And for someone not familiar with what a flat is, not familiar with that term, what is a flat? Oh, sorry. That's an apartment. Like I said, that's the British version of an apartment. (laughs) Okay. So a 25 square foot apartment. Yeah. So, you know, basically a cupboard, right? (laughs) But we were psyched, right? We thought they'd taken this house that was going to be three apartments and gotten a fourth in there. So we were seeing our valuation go up. We were seeing our rents go up. And originally they actually put an accountant in there and they rented it out as a commercial space. The 25 square foot flat? Well, they kind of redid it into a one-room little office for them. So uh, they claimed it was a flat. It became an office. But uh, a year or two later, the council came by and viewed the property and said, well, that's not okay. you got to empty that apartment, and you can't do that. (laughs) Understandably. They're completely right, but we had no idea until then what had happened. Because you're in Sweden and this is not in Sweden. Exactly. And again, this was my first deal. I mm-hmm. was totally trusting. In Sweden, we're very, very naive, generally. You know, when someone says they're going to do something, they do it and they tend to do it by the book. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even consider the fact that something like that had happened. And stuff like that came out from this deal just throughout. And we went into the books at the end. We realized that they had stolen about 70,000 pounds from the accounts at the same time. And it had been small transactions that we never noticed. But over a course of a couple of years, they'd stolen about 70,000 pounds. So all in all, in that deal, we lost about 120,000 pounds. Okay. And not a backbreaker, but not starting off on the right foot. Yeah. And the first eight deals we did, four of them went fine. 
there were no real problems. And then four went kind of like this one. And the cumulative loss with the same group or different. No, the horrible thing is it was three different people. Okay. So clearly so, uh, the common denominator there is you. Well, it's us, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> it was us. That's the big problem. We were trusting the wrong people for the wrong reasons. We went in with the promise of the get really wealthy really, really quick, right? right. So we were sold the dream. We saw these deals with the amazing return. You put your money in six months, you're going to get it all out and then you recycle it into the next deal and everything. And we got greedy. And the warning signs were all there if we'd wanted to look, but Mm -hmm. the dollar signs in our eyes were kind of covering the truth. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. And remember to mention the best ever podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. What were some warning signs? Well, I'll go back to that deal. There was a bunch of them. The first thing was when you spoke to them, they were incredible salespeople, right? Mm -hmm. And they were the true used car salesman, salesperson, right? So it was one of those things where we just should have picked up the phone to the local property networking group and just asked, hey, have you heard about these guys? Do you know them? And we would have instantly heard that they don't have a good reputation in the market. But we didn't want to hear that. We didn't want to hear that they were a bad partner. So we never made that call. We wanted to believe that they were good. And then throughout the project, things came up. The first builder we had went bankrupt and that lost us some money. The second builder we brought in, he disappeared off to South America with the money. (laughs) And then the third builder came in and it turned out the build quote was about 50,000 pounds higher than the original two had quoted, which probably is because he was giving us a correct quote. 
Mm-hmm. Then when we got the first managing agent or letting agent, as we say in the UK, they filled the property really quickly. Everything was great. And then about three months later, they had a falling out with our partner, took all the tenants and vacated the premises. So then we got a new lettings agent and it took them about six months to get our first two tenants out of the three we needed to have in one of the blocks. So there was just so much that you could see if you cared to look. It was just not right. You could even see that now going back and looking at the original deal presentations, you can Mm -hmm. see that there's a lot of things that they didn't include that they should have included about the area, about the types of tenants they were targeting and stuff like that. Well, first off, I want to take a moment and applaud you for sharing these lessons that you've learned so that you can help the best ever listeners on their journey and help me on my journey. So first off, thank you for that. Well, of course, the one positive I would say out of all of this is the fact that we had investors involved and these investors were banging on my door (laughs) because they wanted their money back. Literally? Well, not literally, but my phone was getting messages. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. What were the messages? (laughs) People were nice. I wasn't getting any threats or anything, but at the same time, they weren't happy. They wanted their money back. We were delayed with payments. They wanted to know what was going on with their investment and just updates. But it was this constant flow of it. So I would jump on a call and deal with someone and I spent a week with someone calming them down. Then it was the next person again. And once I'd calmed that one down, it was the next one. And by the time I'd gotten through all the investors, the first one was angry again Mm -hmm. because I hadn't reached out to them for the process Mm -hmm. because I was dealing with everyone else. So it was this constant barrage and it was just so, so draining. And I totally respect it. But what was cool about it is the fact that we were able to turn the business around and we were able to start paying people back and getting out of it. And so what happened was it kind of became a bit of a public domain kind of thing. (laughs) It wasn't just me and my wife, Gisela. It wasn't just us investing our money and losing. It was other people saw this transformation from total failure to doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. And what happened was when we got to that point, people started reaching out to us and actually asked, hey, can't you help me out? Can't you teach me? I need help. And originally we said, no, we did this to have more time with the kids, more time off. But at the same time, we could see the cliff they were kind of running towards. (laughs) So it's hard to say no to someone who's asking for help. So we started helping people out and it was just so fun seeing them succeed. I'll never forget when two of our clients They called me up and they said, Friday in two weeks, you have to come over for dinner. I said, well, why? (laughs) Why that day? No, you have to come over for dinner that day. I'm like, we got kids. Can we do it the Saturday? Can we do it the day after? They know it has to be the Friday. I don't know if I can. No, you have to be here. All right, I'll deal with it. I'll be there. So we show up two weeks later. So why was it so important that we were here today? And he said, well, today was our last day at our jobs. We're financially free and it's thanks to you. Tomorrow, we're celebrating with our families, but we wanted to celebrate it with you tonight first. Mm. And that was just such a wake-up call. It's like, wow, this is why we're doing this. Yeah, it's powerful. It's amazing. It's such an experience. And that's why we run Momentum Property Education, where we teach internationals to invest in the UK, to invest in Spain. So if you don't live in the UK, but still want to invest in that stable market, then we come in and help. And a big part of it is we share all these screw-ups we did. We haven't had a perfect journey. We've made probably every single mistake possible. 
and I still find new ones, so I'm sure I'll find more. <laughs> but we make a lot of mistakes. We've made a lot of mistakes, and therefore we've learned a lot. And I think that's important to share. When people just talk about how great they've done and all the good stuff, that's not where the lessons are. I think learning from, for example, this partner, looking at that deal and saying, look, when you're going to joint venture with someone, you got to do your due diligence. You might get that perfect gut feeling where you say, this is a great person. I'm going to work with them. Still do your due diligence. Or if your mm -hmm. gut is telling you this is not right, well, then don't do the partnership. Make sure both your gut trusts it and the kind of intellectual due diligence shows that it's good. It's better to say no than to say yes to the wrong person, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. It is a phenomenal turnaround from 400 pounds in the hole to now I assume you've made profits and those investors are happy. Is that a correct assumption? Yeah, we got a decent amount of equity today. It took us a while to turn it around, but now we're in a very good position. It's taken time and How much we've time? had partnerships. I think it took us about six years to turn it around. So it was a long slog. It definitely was, but I'm glad we didn't go bankrupt. I'm glad we didn't throw everyone else under the bus. Everyone doesn't appreciate it. I have investors who they'll probably never invest with me again. And if someone asks them if they should invest with me, I'm sure they'll say no, because we didn't deliver on our promise. We promised to borrow the money for a short period of time, pay them back with a hefty interest. And we weren't able to deliver. It took a lot longer and we didn't pay a bunch of interest. But I'm proud of the fact that we decided to pay back everyone what they had invested and not leave anyone out to dry. For someone who is in a challenging deal and they have investors and they are getting those phone calls similar to what you were getting, what advice would you give him or her? That is a really tough situation. And I get calls from investors who are in that situation occasionally who ask me for help and advice. And there are two parts to it. The first is how you communicate with the investors. And the second is how you deal with the deal. There's one thing when you're in there with your own money and you say, look, I'm going to cut my losses and get out of this deal and I can go away and do a new one. But when you have investors involved, it's a lot scarier to make that decision. And that can mm -hmm. cause you to be in a deal longer, which means you rack up more losses. So I think sometimes you have to bite the bullet. You got to do a review of the deal and say, all right, where we are now, is this deal salvageable or is it just going to continue to eat up money and be a black hole? And the quicker you can make that decision, I'm not saying throw in the towel every time, <laughs> but making that review. And if you see that this deal doesn't have a future, throw in the towel, get out of that deal and get into a new one, a good one. So that's one side of it. The other side is your communication with the investors. And it's really important, I think, to be clear and honest with them, explain what's happening. And obviously, if you're in this situation now, you can't go back to the beginning. But if you're bringing on an investor, be honest about them. Make the expectations clear. Talk about what type of deal it is, what's going to happen, how you're going to communicate to them. Give them a briefing. And then follow that communication plan. Make sure you give them updates during the project. So when things, if they start going off the rails, they've been updated throughout the process. It doesn't come as a surprise. You don't want to be telling someone, everything's great. Everything's great. Everything's great. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to be able to pay you back. They so get right. Exactly. But just last week, you told me the project was on track. Why aren't you paying me back? So you got to be honest and share the story. But if you're in that situation now, if you're stuck... I believe strongly in brutal honesty. What I had to do with my investors, 
I opened my balance sheet and I said, look, this is our equity and this is our debt. And as you can see, we're 400,000 pounds in the hole. I'm not going to be able to pay this interest that's every single month just racking up. That's not going to happen. I could sell everything I own and I'd still never be able to pay you back. I could take a job and the interest would still kill me. So I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. But if you don't like it, that's fine. We can bankrupt this company. That means I'm out of this now and you get about 20% of your invested capital back or you're patient with me and I'll do my best to pay you back as much as I can, as quickly as I can. Your call, we do it your way. Mm -hmm. And it's just brutally honest. They obviously don't want to hear it. And you just have to say, look, I'm sorry. This is where we are. I hate to be in this situation. I hate to put you in this situation. But the fact is, if you want your money now, I'll have to declare bankruptcy, which means we'll go through bankruptcy court and about 20% of your invested capital will come back. Also, that means I can walk away now and I'll start a new company and start over from scratch. So for me, that's really, really nice. If you want, we'll do that. Or... I'll try to put in as much money as I can into this company and pay you back everything you've invested, but it's going to take me a while because I have to go out and make that money. Did any of them say just bankrupt it and give me 20% of whatever I invested? No, because technically I could give them about 20% right away anyway, because I could sell some of the properties. So they were going to get the same amount. If we sold a couple of the properties, they were going to get a 20% anyway, and the bankruptcy process would take longer. So they were all kind of like, well, do that then. <laughs> and then we just had to patiently go through it. So like I said, some people are never going to appreciate it. Other people have been really over the moon and just like, wow, you stepped up. I really appreciate it. Call me the next time you have something. And they've actually appreciated it. But it'll vary. And honestly, I think that's okay. I think when you're investing someone else's money, you got to be prepared that they're not always going to appreciate you, even when things go according to plan. I noticed that when we've done uh, sourcing, which is uh, wholesaling in the U.S., sourcing is what we call it on this side of the pond. But I always say when you source a deal, it's a bit like being an umpire in a baseball game. If you do everything perfectly, no one cares. No one notices you. But if you miss a call and if you miss the wrong call, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's when they come out shouting. So it's often a very thankless job, but... You're the one getting the reward in the end because you're using other people's funds to build your portfolio. I love talking to you about your experience and the bumps and bruises along the way and also the way that you came out of it. We're going to take a step back. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? So the best advice, we've boiled down, we call it our success formula here at Momentum Property Education. And I really think if you follow this, you will be successful as a property investor. So I'll share. It's actually three parts. Is that all right, Joe? Yeah, sure. We got uh, just a couple more minutes, but yes. All right. I'll walk them through quickly. We call it the KAP process. So the K stands for knowledge. And we really base that off of what Warren Buffett always says is he does never do an investment that he doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. Make sure you understand. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you're on the right track, you're gathering that knowledge. You're gathering the information. Get yourself a mentor. Yes, it didn't go well for me and I got a mentor, but I still believe in the mentorship process because it was thanks to my mentors I was able to turn things around. The second part, the A, is for action. You got to take that step. I know I've probably scared some people now in this interview, but please see the silver lining. I did turn it around. We are in good shape now and I don't have a job anymore. I can do this. <laughs> so 
take action, dare to take that. And the third part is people. Because people are who are going to bring you all your deals. They're going to run your project. And they're the ones who are going to bring you the money. They're the investors. And if you get really good at choosing the right people, then you're going to become really, really successful. So if you get that right, then property investing is very, very easy. Your first piece of advice, the one that you echoed Warren Buffett on, I wish I would have interviewed you prior to 2018 because a deal that I lost money on as a passive investor and the only deal, if memory serves me correct, uh, yes, as a passive investor I've lost money on is some factoring debt management thing that came from a friend of a friend who had an opportunity and I didn't vet it out and there's a whole conversation that we could have about that. We won't, but we, yeah. <laughs> where I, I lost money <laughs> and yeah. I didn't understand the business. And it's just that first simple rule that you mentioned that Warren also mentioned that I didn't follow. So I'm here to say that I appreciate you sharing that acronym and especially the first part of that acronym. Although I wish yeah, you would have shared it with me many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We weren't teaching back then, but now. Oh, okay. Yeah. You were, you were in the mix. <laughs> yeah. You, you were in the middle of the storm. Back yeah, then. exactly. We were turning things around back then. So I didn't have the advice to give. <laughs> Fair enough. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, first quick word from our best ever partners. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. Okay, best ever book you've recently read? Recently read Snowball, the Warren Buffett biography. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Go to momentumgift.com. We have a free course on the three simple steps to property investing. So momentumgift.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show grateful that you shared your lessons learned and the bumps and bruises I mentioned that you got along the way as well as the story of how you turned it around so appreciate you being on the show Daniel hope you have the best ever day and talk to you again soon thank you appreciate it